Welcome to the Everything Building Envelope podcast. On this show, we discuss topics relating to the exterior building envelope, such as waterproofing, glazing, cladding, roofing, and more. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. For previous episodes, show notes, and bonus video content, check out our website, everythingbuildingenvelope.com. Now, here's your host for the Everything Building Envelope podcast, Paul Beers. Welcome, everyone, to the Everything Building Envelope podcast. Our guest today is Diana Darling. She's the publisher of the Architect newspaper and also runs a conference called Facades Plus. So welcome, Diana. Thank you. Glad to be here. So um, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I am, uh, first of all, I always tell people I'm a transplanted Texan. I've been in New York City for about 30 years, um, but originally from Grand Prairie, Texas, and not sure how I got up here, but started in how I got into the architecture world, but I started this magazine with uh, William Minking about 13 years ago. It's based on um, a format out of the UK called uh, Building Design, and there wasn't anything like it in the United States. That was a weekly newspaper-type news editorial uh, publication. So we started this uh, regionally uh, in the west, the east first, then went to the west coast, then the Midwest, and then the southwest. Um, so that we've been doing that for about 13 years. Um, we have a website. We have six different newsletters, and we started this conference series about uh, five years ago on facades, and that kind of came out of some newsletters that we had created at at that time. And it's been a fun ride. Um, We have really good numbers, uh, uh, web traffic numbers, about 225,000 uniques a month. Um, We have newsletters that go out to 30,000 people. We have our print, about 50,000. And um, people really respect our editorial, and we're known all across the globe. So that's been very exciting to create something that um, is very well respected in the architecture and AEC community. So wow. that's my story. So what kind of topics do you um, does the newspaper get into? I mean, is it is it more design, artistic? related or is it technical or combo or or what? Um, It's kind of a combo. I think we come from a design standpoint on everything that we cover because we do support the design architect. And since we're published mainly, our large portion of our circulation is the top 35 urban um, areas of the United States, whether it's Chicago, L.A., Dallas, Miami, New York City, Boston, D.C., so we talk a lot about projects. Um, we profile projects. We don't necessarily profile individuals, but more projects. Um, we talk about codes. We talk about we do obituaries. We do beautiful obituaries, um, which I think we're fairly well known for. Um, we will get someone that knew that person personally throughout their working life to tell their story about that how why that person was important. We announce a lot of projects, so we're not talking about projects that are complete. Typically in a publication, um, because of the three-month time frame it takes to do a larger publication, your projects you're looking at might be you know, completed a year ago. And we're talking about things that are completed very recently or about to break ground. 
So the tricky part that's, you know, when we started, the web wasn't such a big play in having a media company. Uh, now then, uh, you know, that's a big factor. What you put in print, what you put online, um, how is it going to be relevant, how are you with the rest of your competitors. And then we have a huge social media um, component to this business as well. We have about almost 700,000 Facebook followers and about hundred, almost 200,000 Twitter followers. Um, so we also put a lot of information out on those channels. So we're constantly um, figuring out what is the best channel to put a particular story in. And we do um, have journalists on staff, so we write and produce all of our editorial. So, so you have um, silly question maybe, but do you have different editions in different areas? Yeah. So, say for instance, in the east, we will cover news that's in the east. The feature story might um, be something that goes between all different regions, but as it spins through each region, because we have four separate printings for each month, so the maybe the stories will change um, in the feature well uh, for a project that's particular to that area. Um, but the news is relevant to each area, and we do um, reviews on art shows and books, and those review that review section will be different in each um, edition as well. And the advertising is pretty much different in each edition. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little exhausting to explain because <laughs> people yeah, do yeah. say, "Well, that's a lot yeah, of really... that's a lot of work. You're putting out a lot of editorial." Really interesting. So, um, so, so you you say I think you said this is like the twelfth or thirteenth year. Right. Um, so, so what's different now than when you than when you began? It's different. I mean, in terms of just media in general. I mean, you know, right now I think everybody always says print is dead. I think we 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 go to a lot of different readers. We go to young readers. We go to students. We get told all the or asked by um, people that we might be covering. Can you make sure that this is in print? because my mom wants to see it. You know, my mom's not going to yeah, see yeah. it on the web. And things that are on the web are, are fleeting. They're up there for a day, and then they're gone. And you can't really find them um, so easily on a website. So people do want to still have their projects in print. And architecture is a visual um, profession, so people want to see images and pictures of things. We do do special sections. We do one special section called Facades Plus every year, and it's about 28 pages of projects or profiles of projects, and we try to incorporate drawings and more technical uh, components of um, those kinds of projects. And we do another uh, another feature called In Detail, we'll, where we will go into de in detail about one particular aspect of a building and why um, that was hard to accomplish or what was, what was overcome in making something happen that was uh, unique or different. So, you know, you ask the question, is it just how we cover editorial? So we do try to um, cover more technical aspects, but I wouldn't say that we are heavy in that regard. What's the what's the web address for newspaper? Uh, the web address is archpaper.com, and we just okay. redesigned that after probably 10 years. So with that was we have a new website launch that happened in April of this year, so that's been very exciting for us. We had a very cumbersome system that was uh, run on two different platforms that uh, was took a long time to get stuff updated on, even though we put up eight to ten store, new stories a day on our website. So uh, 
we're very excited by this new website. Feels a little bit more um, future. Looking to the future. Yeah, no, it looks great. I mean, I love, I love, I've obviously, I'm looking at it right now, in fact, but um, I love the, the, the news feed kind of format where you just sort of keep going down and finding different stories and whatnot. Yeah, good, good. Well, we just implemented that last week because the first well, uh, iteration timing, was then, kind huh? of like a, uh, it was a kind of a stagnant page, and then we're like, wait, you got to keep scrolling down. <laughs> That's the problem with web pages. They um, they don't last forever. They're a perishable commodity. Yes. So you started this um, Facades Plus conference, and um, I know that's coming up soon. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But um, so so what what drove that decision to to get into why facades as opposed to some other <laughs> topic? I guess. I don't know. I always think the universe uh, delivers things when you need them. Um, you know, you can't run a media company and be successful just doing print. You have to have – there was somebody I read, I don't know if it was Politico or somebody that was talking about running a media company. You have to stack a lot of dimes in order to uh, make something a success. So we always wanted to have a conference series. That's a very um, good thing to have uh, business-wise, and we just never knew what it would be. And I came up with a newsletter, I don't know, seven years ago, and I really loved this newsletter, but we never could find enough funding for it, and it was called Fabricator. So we would write a fabrication story every Friday. Um, from that, we met these guys in Texas who run a conference that was called TexFab. Uh, they run a fabrication conference. It's run out of um, University of Texas at Arlington, University of Texas at Houston, and San Antonio. And um, we asked those guys if they wanted to do that kind of conference in, the, in New York. And they had all gone to schools in the East, so uh, they were excited to do that. So we had those guys on board. And then I was working with a, a custom publishing client called the Steel Institute of New York. And he said, well, I will be one of your top funders if you talk about facades. Um, and I had been running a magazine for him for about five or six years, and it was all about um, facades. And so I said, sure. So we kind of mixed this parametric geometry, digital fabrication idea with facades and came up with um, this conference series. So the beginning year, the first year, it was actually called Collaboration. During that first year, I ran into Mick Patterson. I'm not, some of your listeners may know who he is. He was at Enclose for a while, and now he's moved on. But Mick Patterson... Um, became one of our partners, and uh, he said there's too much uh, noise in this facade arena. People don't really know what collaboration means, so we need to change the name. So we changed the name to Facades Plus after the first year, uh, and that's when um, it kind of morphed into what it is now, which is a two-day symposium in three cities every year, and then we started, um, we just thought you just can't get enough facades, so we started a breakfast series, uh, and that's what we're bringing to Kansas in the middle of September, on September 15th, and mm -hmm. we do the breakfast series in four or five different cities across the country every year. Um, we are to D.C. this year, Boston, uh, we're going to Kansas City, San Francisco is in December, and then we will be in Dallas um, mid-October with a two-day conference. We've been doing that for the past five years, and it's been very, very successful, and people really like it, and it's a great way for people to network amongst themselves, engineers, facade consultants, contractors, architects, um, manufacturers that are um, supplying materials, 
and products for the facade business. So sometimes we call it a facade love fest. Sometimes it just the energy level gets into this uh, um, at a certain point during the day where everybody's just having such a great time networking, and it's it's all it's running on all cylinders. So it's it works really well. And we're able to deliver so something and pull this whole community together that um, I think that's what I give back as a publisher and uh, creator of this event. So it sounds like the, 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 the first name, although maybe not as not specific collaboration, is um, probably pretty pretty good because it sounds like there's a lot of collaborating that goes on in these, these events. There is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there's um, people come back and... Um, attend them multiple times, um, and you know we know that people walk away with new work and new relationships, and um, I think that's really great. I mean, I love supporting business on all, on many different levels, um, so it makes me happy that those things do happen. And you know, it's I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that, um, that that there is so much interest in facades these days. The um, I mean, I always say you can um, make or break a project with the success or, I guess, failure of your facade. And, and I know that it is a really um, big topic of interest. So It is. And, I, um, you know, like I say, I think the universe, you asked why we picked that particular um, topic. And it wasn't a lot of research uh, to say, oh, what's the best thing that will be the most successful for us at this time. It was just, it just kind of all came together and um, just kept morphing into the next thing and the next thing. And we have a great team here of people that I've been working with um, on programming and event planning and graphic design and uh, you know event registration. We do all of that in house and. Um, I think we none of us knew how to do this prior, and we've learned how to do it, and I think we do it pretty well. So we keep uh, we keep our attendees and our uh, sponsors happy, and they just want to keep coming back. What kind of content is, is offered in in a typical conference? Is it um, you know is, again? I guess the same question as the paper is is it more design related or technical or combo or I what? Mean, try to have a mix. Um, in Kansas, we, we always partner with a local architecture or engineering firm in each city because we don't pretend to be experts in, um, in this topic. Um, and we try to partner with experts in order to say, okay, what's happening in that particular area? So for example, in Kansas coming up, we're partnering with Zaner and Helix Architecture and Design. Zaner, you know, is based in Kansas. Uh, they have participated in other of our conferences, and they were very excited we were bringing this to Kansas. So the three, the morning series has three topics, and then there's three people that usually talk about that those three topics. So we usually have like nine speakers on the morning series. So this uh, topic is materials and surfaces, crafting a facade. Um, this is talking in particular about Kansas redesigning downtown, and then parametrics facade optimization at all scales. We do try to talk a lot about um, the, you know, the digital part of designing a facade because I think you can do more complex projects if you're, everything is working 
from the architect to the engineer to the contractor to the fabricator through a digital process. So we are always trying to, you know, help people understand that. And then uh, Zayner is giving a workshop in the afternoon at their on-site at their facility um, that they'll follow up with and do their own thing. So if anybody wants to sign up for that, there's only 20 spots that are available. I don't know when this is airing, so I don't know how relevant this is for September. But um, Oh, you know what? And, and I don't know when it's airing either. <laughs> it's gonna, um, so actually, September, it's not going to come until probably after September. So September oh, 1st today. about Dallas. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But you know what? That's good because we're still getting a good overview of um, – yeah. Of of how things work, but yeah, let's talk about Dallas because um, that's probably more okay. in tune so with what people will be. Let me just go to that one. Yeah, that was the one I actually pulled up on on the internet. So the two day conference sort of run, works in a different way because it is two day. The first day is a symposium with a whole um, we call methods and material gallery where we have anywhere from thirty to forty five gallery tables of manufacturers. Um, we have two keynotes. Generally, the keynote, the morning keynote is from either Europe or it's from outside of that area because we feel like architects and engineers always hear from the same people if we pull from a local market for that. And we have people that come in from all across the country and even internationally for these uh, two-day events. So we want to make sure that the keynote's high profile enough that they'll really draw and have something inter interesting to say. So we have Marion Weiss from Weissman Freddy uh, who will be speaking, and they have a project in Dallas um, that they're currently working on, the Marshall Family Performing Arts Center. So she'll probably be talking about that. And we have about 20 presentations or speakers uh, throughout the day at most of these these events. Um, so what what kind of um yep. I'm sorry no, I was gonna say I was gonna ask you about the who who attends but if, if you want to keep going so typically well let me just uh, give some highlights of what Dallas is we always try to bring somebody in from the city to speak to sort of set the tone for the day so we have Teresa O'Connell from the city of Dallas speaking as I mentioned Marion Weiss we have a preserving Texas because it's we always try to talk about retrofits and reuse because uh, that's a big topic and. Uh, a big opportunity um, happening across the United States. Um, we have things, you know, about regional facades because, you know, these are all regional issues um, that, you know, that's one thing, having them in all these different cities. Um, people have different demands and concerns across the region weather-wise. So we talk about that. Uh, let's see. Let's, what else? And we always try to bring in a developer to talk about a developer's point of view in that particular area. We have uh, Jeff DeBruin from Trammell Crow speaking in the afternoon. And then we have a cocktail party at the end. We try to have some fun. We have a cocktail party the night before. We have a cocktail party after the event. And then the second day, we have workshops. Um, so we have typically six to eight workshops. Some are hands-on. We call them labs where we will have um, the leading people doing parametric design, um, uh, Grasshopper, Rhino. We don't typically talk do BIM or Revit workshops, but things that are a little bit more um, out there and that people can't normally get um, on a 
day-in, day-out basis in these areas. So we have the lab workshops, and then we have dialogue workshops. So people, it's a two-day event, and we typically get about 100 to 150 people uh, participating in the second day. Um, and you have, so obviously architects come, and um, and you mentioned you had other other professionals and, and industry participants. So we have typically about 40 to 50 percent architects attend um, because we do give away, we do provide um, AIA CEU credits. If you come to both days on a two-day, you get 16 credits. And we have facade consultants, engineers, contractors, um, uh, students, academics, um, manufacturers. So it's pretty much anybody, developers, anybody that's in the built environment that's particularly interested in the facade of the building will attend this event. And we really work hard to make sure that we have a cross-section of those types of people at um, each event. That's what I was kind of tied up doing before I was late on this phone call with uh, <laughs> okay. reaching out to secret. people in Kansas City. <laughs> That's, yeah, the audience uh, for a morning event, we usually have about 150 people attend. And for the two-day event, anywhere from 350 to 500. New York City is our biggest conference. Usually we get about 500 plus at that event. Wow, wow. So what's on the agenda going forward after um, you get, get through with these upcoming events? Do you have any other um, conferences or initiatives that you're working on? Well, great. You should ask. <laughs> we do have another conference that we're launching as we speak. Uh, it's called Tech Plus. And it goes back to my love of fabrication and, and digital and um you know, I think I was maybe 10 or 15 years too late uh, going to college because I really would have liked to have been involved in all the more digital aspect of things um, that go on now. And so we have this conference called Tech Plus. Um, it's going to be in New York City on May 23rd, and it will have virtual reality, drones, uh, let me look at mobile computing, do I have my thing in front of me? We just put this all together this, over the past two weeks. We've been thinking about this one for a while, but we finally got our, um, all together and started putting the assets together, and uh, we're really excited about that. We had a little preliminary. Like, I'm sorry? I was just going to say, it seems like the, the you know, architecturally, ar the architectural trade keeps up with it better, but in the construction side of things, they're not real fast to embrace technology. And you know, I think people fear change, and technology is really such a wonderful thing as far as you know improvements and efficiency gains and, and things like that. Um, I saw it in the Wall Street Journal this week that the FAA has finally come out with some more reasonable rules for drones. And I think they were saying they have like 5,000 applications they're reviewing right now for people who want to use drones for commercial uses. Obviously not all construction, but maybe some of them. And they said now they think it's going to be like 600,000. So just things like that. And I, and I think about facades. You want to inspect a roof. You want to inspect a 20-story building, um, below-grade waterproofing, all that kind of stuff. It would just It would just make it... If the technology is good, which I which I know it is, it's going to make things a lot easier and a lot better. 
Yeah, and somebody mentioned there's that nothing today. to be afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> they said, you know, imagine that you got to get a boost or uh, and go up and check a, a facade panel that might be, you know, have some problems, and that costs a lot of money. But if you just send a drone up just to like spin around and take some pictures and see what was going on, then that would cost you hardly anything. So I think there are a lot of applications that um, are coming on board and people are curious about them and want to know. And um, we are very interested in all of this. So it's kind of perfect timing. We did a little um, preview of, of Iris, which is a company based here in New York that's involved in some um, augmented reality things, and HTC, which is a headset um, company at Dwell on Design about two or three months ago. So we had a booth. We had we were sharing space with these people, and we think we were the most visited booth at the show. So we know there's interest, and I think doing this in New York City will be a, a real win for us, and we're doing it during a time where there's a lot of trade shows that are happening about design in New York, which is called New York Design Week, uh, which happens on uh, that, May, that week in May. So that's our next venture that we're working on. Sounds great. Sounds really um, exciting because, you know, the other, the other thing with technology is it's so hard to keep up with it all. We, um, you know, I, I know my company, you know, we try to stay ahead of the of the curve. And as fast as you put something in place, there's something new or different or better that you, that you really need to be thinking about. So it sounds like something, the conference like that would really be helpful for um, for people in the industry that really want to know, you know, where are we and where are we headed? I know, you know, artificial intelligence and robotics and all this other, um, i trying to think of something called the printers, did the, I've lost the term, but the printers, you know, that they're using that they oh, can 3D actually printing. make. 3D printing, I'm right, sorry. Right, right, that'll be part of this ink, conference, yeah. I was going to say inkjet, that's like 15, that's so 1999, <laughs> <laughs> it was just stuck in my head. <laughs> But hey, I still um, use a fax. I like my fax. I still use do you really? I do. Uh, <laughs> I saw one in a museum the other day. I, just, I was remembering what that was all about. I get. I catch some. Uh, catch some uh, hell for that, <laughs> but I yeah. don't care. <laughs> Does it have the curly paper in it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What? What have I forgot to ask you? Um, did you have any other curious questions? No, I think we're good. So thank you very much for um, being the guest today. Diana, it was really interesting, and I, and I know that, that the listeners of, of our podcast, Building um, Everything Building Envelope podcast, are certainly interested in continuing education, industry trends, things like that. So and we've given them a way to contact you already and, and look in, does Facades Plus have a website also? It does. It's uh facadesplus.com uh, uh spelled out. So there's Facades, a website plus.com so they yes. can find. Yes. And you know, I, al I also out. I'm sorry. They can find us there. Yep. And, and well that what about the conference you have coming up next year for technology? That is called techplusexpo.com. Okay. And I did forget to mention something else that we have been rolling out. We created an app for continuing education learning called CE Strong. So you can download the app on the iTunes store, uh, CE Strong, and take um, 
we have about nine hours of uh, AIA credit for architects and designers on uh, CE Strong, so you can look at that as well. Great. I know that's a big, big issue with uh, with professionals is getting all their educational credits on time. So it sounds like an easy way to do it. Exactly. So again, thank you very much. It's uh, really interesting, and I know hopefully that, that our listeners will be able to link up. And um, sounds like the conferences are really great, and um, be able to check them out. Well, my pleasure, Paul. Thank you for having me on your show. And you send me the link. I'll put it on my social media. Spread the word. Super, super, super. Thanks for joining us today. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more information on the Everything Building Envelope, previous episodes, show notes, bonus video content, and much more, check out our website, everythingbuildingenvelope.com.